Okay, so we are in the middle of this meditation that the Rebbe is teaching us here. Um, and he, I mean, I, I can tell you, I literally, for probably about five to ten years, I, I worked on this meditation, like every day for Davani. This is, this is one of the few places you see um, where the Rebbe really, like, he just takes you step by step through a meditation where you could think about it. If, like, if you memorize this from beginning to end, you have a full meditation for yourselves. So he's been talking about, so far, the idea of um, the meditation in, uh, in terms of what we're calling chitzonius, right? Which is not about Hashem per se, but more about the creation. And then by looking backwards from the creation, we're looking at Hashem. But we're looking at Hashem not from Hashem's essence, but Hashem's array of Hashem. And we're seeing how everything is being created from that ray. And by everything being created from that ray, we see how magnificent um, Hashem is, because just even from a ray alone, right, we're seeing this tremendous, this tremendous, um, the extent of the creation. And we said here that this is like a, a step-by-step process in terms of uh, first starting off by looking at this way, and this is the idea of Pesukah Zimra, and then what we're going to see is the objective is not to stay with this uh, per se, but to actually use it as a stepping stone in order to get to the, uh, the meditations that we're going to have during Birchas uh, Kriyashma, Kriyashma, Shemona Esrei, which is more along the lines of uh, Hashem himself. Now, Bichlal, in Hasidus, there are two major extremes um, in terms of the meditation. One is known as Yehudi Allah, one is known as Yehudi Tata, right? Now, in, in saying so, one is more real but less practical, and one is more practical but less real. So really what we've been talking about is what is known as Yehudi Tata. What is Yehudi Tata? Yehudi Tata means that Hashem is creating everything, every single second. He's creating it with, right, just a ray of himself, but he's creating everything. Now, on the one hand, this is much more practical for me to, to live with because I exist in this meditation. I exist. Hashem is creating me every single second. Hashem is creating you every single second. Hashem is creating everything around me every single second. Exactly how he's creating it and from what aspect of himself he's creating it. Okay, that's all the details in it. But the basic idea here is that I am here. I am alive I am being created by Hashem. That's the main idea. The opposite of this meditation is the meditation which is uh, meant to be during Krishna and Shona Esrei, which is the idea of Yehudi Allah, which is Eino Milvado. There's nothing here except for Hashem. That the whole thing is only Hashem. Now, Be'emis, this is a much more true meditation. This is more the emis of what's happening. But on the other hand, it's very... Uh, relatively speaking, impractical. means that it's hard to think in terms of I don't exist, nothing around me exists, it's all Hashem, right, etc., etc. That is, a, on the one hand, it's more true, but on the other hand, it's less livable. So it's important to know where we're holding in this whole story, right? So in terms of Pesukit Zimra, Pesukit Zimra is focused on the first idea, the Yehudi Tata idea, the idea of how I am alive, I am 
living. Everything around me is part of the creation. Hashem is creating every single thing. Hashem is in charge. Hashem, right, etc. It's in other words, it's putting Hashem as the master of the creation. But there is a creation. That's Pesukah de Zimra. And what we're going to see here in the next few lines is that is known as the Chakika Bachutz. And the example that the Rebbe is going to bring here is this idea of let's imagine that you have a huge piece of wood and you want to make a uh, fork you know, for your barbecue set out of this, piece, this huge you know, trunk of a tree. So the first thing you need to do is you have to carve out you know, knock out all the, all the bark and all the heavy, you know, pieces that are stuck on. Before you could even make any type of beautiful carvings or anything like that or any type of shape of a fork, first you have to knock off the, the big pieces. That's the concept of Pesukadizim. I'm coming into the world in a way of, of I'm, the, I'm the most important Messias and everything is following my wishes and, and I am, you know, so to speak, it's all about me. That's what my Nefesh Bahamis has been telling me since the day I was born. Whether it's from screaming at my mother for, to, that I needed milk, or whether it's when I'm a three-year-old that I need my candy, or I need my this, or I need my that. And that is the idea of the Nefesh Bahamis. It's focused on me. How do I feel comfortable? What do I need? What do I, 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 I. I is the, the number one thing in this whole story. In every relationship, in every interaction, it's all about me. Right? That's the Nefesh of Bahamias. Right? So the first step in this discussion, right, which is really the meditation of Pesukah de Zimra, is let's chill out on the eye. That there's something greater. That there's a Hashem here. And Hashem is creating the eye. And Hashem is creating everything else around me. So instead of focusing just on the eye, let's focus on Hashem. We're not taking the fact that I'm alive away, but we're just shifting the focus. That requires a tremendous amount of energy. That requires a tremendous amount of reworking in my brain. Because every single one of us, since the time we were born, has been focusing on completely the opposite point of view. Everything is about what's in it for me. Right? They say a story of the, the Reb Marash. This is actually a story that you could mamish live with. Incredible story. So there was a chassid who was, uh, you know, he was probably a very normal person. Very, very normal, just like you and me. And he felt about himself that he was uh, a little bit too grub, too coarse. And he felt like after years, you know, living normal life, that he's just too coarse. So he came in for Yechidus with the Reb Marash, and he told the Reb Marash that he feels about himself that he's too coarse. And he wants to change it. He's ready to change. And the Reb Marash told him, okay, so then what you need to do is fast 500 consecutive days. So he was like going out of his brain. What do you mean fast for 500 consecutive days? You know, that's like that's a year and a half of fasting. Like, what does that mean? Fast on Shabbos, fast on Yontif, fast every single day. You know, like, like how is that even a possibility? So the Reb Marash told him, you are not understanding what I'm saying. I don't mean fast, meaning don't eat. I mean fast to the ultimate point of what a fast is, which is what? I told him, spend 15 minutes a day and think about yourself. 
think about what are the kavanas of the things that I am doing in my life. Why am I approaching this person? Is it for the person? Is it for me? What's my deeper kavana behind it? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why am I doing the other thing? In other words, so many of the things that we do and that we say in our life are so self-motivated in terms of getting something out of it that that's the entire approach to a person's life, which is normal. That's what the Nefesh of Bahamas has been teaching us since day one. This is not a, this is not a, uh, a chidush, so to speak. This is a normal thing. But to be a chassid means to try to go beyond that. That's the idea. How can I go beyond that? Just thinking about myself and thinking what's in it for me. So they say about this, this person that he actually did it. And, and the Rebbe Marash said, I told his son, the Rebbe Rasha, that, you know, a couple of years later, like, that he was mamish like a changed person. Like he changed all the way down to his essence. In other words, it doesn't take uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, literally fasting for weeks and doing this and doing, uh, it means reworking our brains for, to this point, to take myself out of just focusing on what's in it for me. That's called the Chakika Bachutz. That's called what we're supposed to be doing during Pesuket Zimra. It's about changing, changing that, that coarseness that is naturally with each one of us. So that's what we're discussing here. Okay? So let's read a little bit inside. We're ready uh, for Brained Enough this morning without reading. Uh, that's the lower level, right? This is all the lower level. That's right. That's right. Exactly. But this is like the beginning. Yeah. Right? But this is, this is what we need. In other words, we need, this is hard enough, to be honest with you. You know, this is hard enough. But this is, this is like the beginning of the whole story. Right? And this is the beginning of Abbas Yisrael, this is the beginning of Abbas Hashem, this is the beginning of everything. Right? All right, so let's go. So we are on my old book, it's, we're on page Yud Gimel. And he's talking about the, the idea of the difference between what we're talking about is the meditation in, uh, in Psukhita Zirma. I have a Vigam over here. Of, uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, five lines down, six lines down, and mine. Vigam heis bonus bezeh. You guys got where where I am? No. Where's the guys in the in the in the page? For the new book. For the new book, where are we? Anyone know? No, exactly the middle. That was pretty impressive. You can do it from over here, and I heard it over there. Yeah. Okay. So he says like this, And even this meditation on the greatness and the hafla. Hafla means from the word pella. Pella means a wonder. <coughs> that all of this that we're talking about is only a ray alone. And it's, there's no comparison in compares to the essence of Hashem Himself. Right, that's, that's what we were talking about yesterday. Remember, the idea of with you, I don't want. In other words, the idea of all the other levels of, of reward and Gan Eden and all that kind of thing is all imcha, it's all with you. It's not Hashem Himself, Right? In other words, all those types of um, doing things for the for a for a ulterior motive, 
whether it's, you know, uh, hopefully that I'm going to win the lottery in, uh, in the Gashmiyastik world, or hopefully I'm going to get Gan Eden in the spiritual world, or whatever. That's all imcha. That's all with you, Hashem. That's not you. That's not the Hashem himself. Vezehu, yeah, bekriyashma acharkach, aval bepsuke de zimra ikr ha'avoidehi bebechina ziva ha'ara hanal. That's all with regards to Kriyashma. I'm going to explain this in a minute. Aval Bapsukit Zimra, the main point is the Avoda on the level of the ray alone. That the world does exist, that I do exist. Shihibachinas Achare Havaya Lavad. That's the idea of Achare Havaya. So what are we saying here? That this concept of getting to the point of just wanting Hashem for Hashem's sake which means I'm out of the picture completely, right? I'm not looking for any ulterior things, not, not Gan Eden, not Olam uh, Hazah, not Olam Haba, not any of this, any, anything. That's all in the level of Kriyashma. That's when you get to Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. There's nothing else. That we're not talking about here in our conversation right now. Our conversation is on the meditation of Psukit Zimra. Psukit Zimra means there is a world. There is an I, but I am nullifying myself to Hashem. But I do exist. The world does exist. All the different parts of the world do exist. There is a Gan Eden, there is an Olam Haba, there's all these things. The Imcha with Hashem. It's the with Hashem. It's all there. It's all important. That's where we're starting off with. Yeah? Because the idea of Kriyashma, I mean, of Sukkot Zimra, is not to be in a level of Ratsa that you're just going out of your Kalim completely, that you're, no, that, you're, that you're ready, that your soul is just going to leave your body. That's not where we're at. ava, namely to the level of Ava. That's what I was talking about before in the introduction. It's a Chakika. Chakik means to engrave something. Mibechutz means on the outside. Take away all the things, all the material things, all the, you know, make the outside of the kli into something that is workable, right? In myself, it's taking away, right, more and more of my own coarseness, of my own yeshiousness, of my own self-focus. Uh, Let's put it that way, right? What's in it for me? Trying to get myself to a place that I am other aware, trying to get myself to a place that I'm Hashem aware, right? In other words, we always talk about the uh, relationship of a husband and wife in comparison you know, when we're talking about Hashem and us, right? That's part of, partially, you know, what it means to get, get engaged, to get married, right? You know, some people go into the marriage thing and their whole existence is all about what's in it for me, right? What is this person bringing to the table for me, Right? And they miss the idea of what marriage is all about. So this person, she could do my laundry and she can cook and she could uh, walk around on my arm, you know, and look very pretty and, and she could, uh, da, 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 up. Looks like a good, good, good choice for me. That's, not, that's really not what marriage life is supposed to be about. And that's not what, what finding a wife is supposed to be about. Finding a wife is recognizing first and foremost that the idea here is I have to find someone that I can work with. That I can work with. The avoda of marriage is a big avoda. 
That's why, you know, whatever, it's like 60 or 70% of American people, uh, you know, might have been divorced. Because it's not about that. It's about recognizing that I have to find someone who I can work with, that I'm going to become a better person. She's going to become a better person. That we're going to work together. We're going to learn how to communicate. We're going to learn how to be other aware. That we're going to learn how to be focused on what I bring to the table for her. But it's totally the opposite of what, what I'm living now. As a Bachar, a Bachar doesn't realize it, but a Bachar is a very uh, self-involved, self-aware creature. Right? He basically is a person that has no responsibilities for all intents and purposes. Right? A Bachar is a person that can wake up whenever he wants, he can go to sleep whenever he wants. I mean, he's supposed to go to Seder, but, you know, Okay, but the bottom line is that he does it. He could eat whenever he wants. He could eat whatever he wants, not eat whatever he wants. He, his basic only uh, responsibility is to somehow get his laundry done, right? But for all intents and purposes, he's, he does whatever he wants. He doesn't really take into consideration uh, that there are necessarily other people involved and because he doesn't really have to. I mean, of course, if he has roommates, you know, he shouldn't be blaring, you know, Avram Freed late at night. Presumably that's what he does, right? But, you know, in other words, that, that much he knows. But really the whole way of life is, is very much focused on the me, right? What do I feel like right now? I don't feel like uh, doing this, or I don't feel like doing that, or I feel like going out right now. I feel like, you know, it's all about me. And all of a sudden, the person is meant to get married, and when you get married, it's like all of a sudden the other person is part of the equation. She does feel like going out, or she doesn't feel like going out, and you do have the other opposite of emotion. So how are you going to handle that situation? Right? How are you going to handle the whole concept of communication? Right? Majority of issues in life come from a lack of understanding how to communicate. Right? Number one. And number two, recognizing that there's someone else involved in this story. And that person is important. And that person is essential. And that person is, right? So the first thing we need is a chakika mi bechutz. So a bacher needs to have a chakika mi bechutz. Which means that we start to knock off the selfishness that we are all raised with. Despite our parents' efforts to, to the opposite. But it's just a natural way of the world is to be a very selfish person, right? And we are meant to, right, go into, let's say, a marriage, and, and all of a sudden, I have my selfishness, and she has her selfishness, and you're supposed to make it work. Uh, well, you have a lot of work to do in order to make it work. That's the chakika mi bechutz. As before... Like it says in, in the mimer for a wedding, right? The mimer that we say is lachad daidi likraskala, right? The, and it talks about how the most important part of the wedding basically is what? Is the Kabbalah's panim. The Kabbalah's panim, when you put the veil on her face. Why? Because that's a chitzoniastika relationship, a chitzoniastika connection that could then allow you to have a panimiastika connection. But without the chitzoniastika connection, you can't have a panimiastika connection. But it's all about connection. Right? That's what we're talking about. And so the same thing here with our davening, with our relationship with Hashem. The first thing I need to do is chakika mi bichutz. Is it translated? 
Chakika literally means to engrave on the outside, which means, like I said before, like you have a big block of wood. The first thing you have to do in order to work with this wood is knock off the bark. Can't do anything with the bark on there. So I'm like that bark. So either I knock it off or it's going to get knocked off for me also. You know what I mean? That's what happens when, you know, when a person gets into a marriage and, and his wife is like screaming her head off at him because like he just doesn't get it. Right? He's like totally, you know, self-focused and self-concerned and self, uh, uh, you know, because that's what most men are. Right? It's not something that, you know, comes unnatural to us. It's something that comes very natural to us. And all of a sudden you need to like <clears throat> make a major change in my metzias. And that's the chakikim of chus. Sheroi lios kli. Right? In order that you should become able to be a kli. Right? And Kriyashma itself. The whole idea is that is the is the Kriyashma, is the idea of that yichud that you could have in a very pneumistic way that happens during Kriyashma. But you can't get there if you're if you're still a grub a mensch. Right? The same thing with the with the chasana, right? The ultimate point, like you said, is the chuppah, right? But you can't get to the chuppah without the Kabbalah's panim. You can't get to the panemistic relationship without the chitzonius, right? The Rebbe brings a few different examples uh, in the Mimer the Rebbe said. Like, for example, just to give you one, right? Is the idea of lifting up a child to play with the child. If you don't lift him up to your level or you go down to his level, whatever it is, right? You, you don't have, you have nothing to, there's no, there's no erech between the two, right? There's, that's the, the chitzoniistic relationship that a person has to develop with Hashem by first starting with what? With Psukit Zimra. Because of my <coughs> or his own materialism and his gases, really, you should say it's about myself, right? About my chumrius and my gases. Like from the darkness of the night. Right? Namely, there's no way that I could be a klita elokus. And what it means by a klita elokus is to really express that ava. Ava means a connection, means a unity, right? That you have a, a flow between two parties, right? So this is the idea. So because of like the example that he's giving is like, for example, why do we daven shachris? When we daven shachris, we're coming from the darkness of the night. We're waking up in the morning. We're not there yet. We're still very much, right? We're not necessarily tuned in, right? Over the course of the day, a person becomes more and more and more tuned in. So we do different things. Like the Alter Rebbe explains in the Kutay Torah, there are three things that a person should do before davening, right? Number one is... They go to mikvah. Number two is they learn chasidis, and number three is that they give tzedakah. This is is a precursor in order to make oneself roi fit to be able to get to a point that we can have a have a relationship with Hashem. <laughs> yeah, for some of us, honey cake too <laughs> helps, <laughs> right? But the point is what the point is is that this is the same thing with pesukah dezimra. Pesukah dezimra is also the step by step process. So I start to think about Hashem, how Hashem is creating me and Hashem is creating everything around me and Hashem is giving me everything that I have and everything that I need. And, 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 and all of a sudden, my energy starts to change. I'm less concerned about my honey cake, like you said, right? And more concerned about, you know, what am I doing in this world? And what is my relationship to the Creator? 
right? And then, So that's why we also talk about in Pesukah Zimra, all of the different, right? We're constantly praising Hashem and all how all the creations are praising Hashem and how amongst the creations and everything is praising Hashem and everything is connect, connecting to Hashem and everything, right? This, the, the, Right, the birds are praising Hashem, and, and this is praising Hashem, and that is praising Hashem, and other things praising Hashem. Right, in other words, it, it starts to give us a a, a uh, put us into a proper uh, zone. Let's put it that way, to be able to get to the next step. Like we start to shift our energy away from what's in it to me for me, and and into what am I doing for Hashem. says. Because the objective here is to leave my ma'amado. Ma'amado means like where you're standing, so to speak. Matzab is like, what's your condition? In other words, harishon, where you started off with. The objective is to shift gears. Shift the whole, shift that whole energy. Matzab, matzab means ma'amatzab, right? In, in, in Israel they say, what's your condition? What's happening? You know, where you're holding. To shift that first original matzah. Because we have to remember, our matzah, our condition, our place where we're holding is the nefesh of Ahamias. That's the way Hashem made us. Hashem made us with the nefesh of Ahamias. Hashem made us with the nefesh of Ahamias that is very healthy and very normal and, and very much about wants what's in it for me, wants what's good for me. Right? That's my nefesh of Ahamias. My nefesh of Ahamias is constantly focused on me. And that's how I was born. That's how, that, it's, not, it's not some weird thing. That's, that's the way Hashem created me. But Hashem didn't create me to remain that way. Hashem created me to shift out of that ma'amad, out of that positioning, right? And to shift into a different positioning. From my materialistic state, and my coarseness. The golme eights. Golme eights means like a, a block of wood or raw material, like a like a like a like a tree trunk. You know, like they have on when you walk outside over here, right? They chop down these trees and they, they chop them into like uh, pieces, right? Into like so you have big round like stumps of tr- of uh, of a trunk over there. That's what we're trying to get out of. In order to make from it a kli, Right. In other words, if you want to make a kli, the first thing you have to do is break off the bark. Like I'm, like that's the that's the uh, the muscle that he's focusing in on here. You can't do anything with that bark on the tree. Right. You can't use the wood for anything. Break down. Break off the bark. Tchila. Right in the beginning. In order to carve it out from the outside. That's the idea. Only afterwards, you could start working on the inside of that piece of uh, trunk of a tree. And then the chakika, the engraving, in the inside, which is the kli. Right? So that's like, the, that's like the, the muscle that we're trying to bring out here. That's what a person has to think about. Like, like there's nothing wrong with this tree trunk. This tree trunk is exactly the way Hashem made the tree trunk. But if you want to use it for something good... Like to make a keli out of it, you want to make a bowl out of it, you want to make a fork out of it, you want to make a, some sort of uh, something out of it, uh, I don't know, whatever you're going to make out of it. You have to, you have to slowly but surely make it into something that you could work with. But as it stands now, you can't do anything with it. 
But on the other hand, it has everything in, in potential within it. When you look at that tree trunk stump, whatever you want to call it, Am I making myself clear? You know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, if you have a, like a block of a trunk of a tree, right? It has within it all the possibilities. You can make so many things from that, but not in its current state. So once you want to change its current state, what do you have to do? You have to start by knocking off the bark and start by carving on the outside until you get something that now, oh, now with this piece of wood, I can work with this piece of wood. I can make this into a bowl. I can make this into a cup. I can make this into a fork. I can make this into whatever. (coughs) But the first step is knock off the coarseness, knock off the, the, the bark from this whole thing. So the same thing with us. We have everything in ourselves. We have all the potential to be anyone. We can be anything we want to be, right? We have so much capabilities, right, within us. But what do I need to do more than anything else? I have to knock off. I have to knock off my coarseness. Once I knock off my coarseness, so then there's something to work with. Then I have a cleat to work with. But without knocking off the coarseness first, right, you can't do anything. Another example of this is a famous example. And we'll stop with this. I know I've been talking for a long time today is, right, the famous story about the, the king that comes to visit the rabbi, right, and he has, he's there on Shabbos morning and he has the most delicious dish. What is it? It's kishke. It's delicious. So he asks, so he says to the rabbi, you know, how? please tell my, my cooks how to make it. He said, well, you know, you have to take the, you know, the intestines from the cow and, you know, and you, and you put into it like meat and garlic and, and some flour and some salt and some pepper and da 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 And then, so the, so the cooks of the cow, right, of the king go and they make this whole dish and, and the king smells it. It's disgusting. So he goes back to the rabbi and he asks him, like, what, you know, what, how come it, tastes, it smells so disgusting when I made it? And did you not tell me the right... Recipe, so the rabbi says, what do you mean? Like, tell me what you put into it. And put it on, sounds like the right And the rabbi chaps, you have to clean out the intestines first. If you don't clean out the intestines, it's disgusting. It has garbage in it, right? So the same idea. First thing we have to do is clean out the, clean out the, the garbage, right? And once you clean out the garbage, then you can make it into the most delicious, most delicious dish that there is. Okay, we'll stop here for today.